Today, I tell you about my journey into law enforcement, the rigors, the successes, and the stress of it. Let's discuss. Hey, before we get into my journey of law enforcement, down below are my free gifts to you. One is the Getting Started Workshop. It's going to walk you through every phase of the hiring process. Some hidden bonuses in there to help you along with your hiring process. Get it, use it, gift from me to you. Additionally, if you have something more specific to your hiring process, to you specifically, and you want answers, questions, or anything like that, jump on a free coaching call with me. I'd be glad to sit down and discuss how I can best help you and what I think the best steps for you to move forward. Now, here's my journey. Take it back to a younger time, right? A much younger time where I was going through the military. I was actually planning to get out of the military a year ahead of time. And the way it worked was I was fulfilling my six-year obligated contract. And while I was getting out, I was actually still on my last deployment when I decided that I was going to get out. But there was some complications. I prior injury was starting to really take effect from an incident that occurred while deployed in the Middle East. And ultimately, it was going to lead to me having to have a hip surgery and some reconstruction in one of my hips. The big thing there was that I wanted to fulfill my deployment, not really realizing I thought maybe I had a hernia or something along those lines. But I said, hey, I'm not going to leave my, my team out here deployed without me. So I'll go get it checked out later. Long story short, it winded up being some damage to the actual bone, cartilage and ligament in one of my hips that needed to have some, some repairs done. When I was going through though, I knew I wanted to get out. So what I did was I started applying to a, to a police academy. I was going to self-sponsor through a police academy because that's who I wanted to work for. I wanted to work. I was a, I'm an avid outdoors individual. So I said, Hey, let's combine those two and let's get into conservation law enforcement. But I wanted to stay federal for military purposes because that time could transition over. So I looked into, Hey, how can I combine those two things? And I found the national park service. Now, my family's originally from North Carolina, Western North Carolina and in Western North Carolina, there is Southwestern Community College and their public safety division is one of four in the nation that actually have the National Park Service Seasonal Law Enforcement Academy, which is a full length academy. I don't know why it's seasonal, but it's a full length academy regardless. That's how they do it. And you have to self-sponsor. There is no way to, to get sponsored through the Seasonal Law Enforcement Academy. They only hire from actual, actually qualified law enforcement officers or people who have graduated the academy. So that was my only obligation. So I set myself up a year, a year and a half in advance, knowing that this was my transition. I applied to the academy. I was accepted into the academy. The application process took some time to apply. I had to provide a lot of documentation, much like you have to in your police hiring process or in your academy hiring process or academy application. I had to go through all that same, same thing. So while I was going through, I'm on my last deployment, I get an email when I'm able to check my email out in the Middle East, I get an email and I check my email and it's from the, the head coordinator of the emergency medical services at Southwestern Community College. Very great gentleman reaches out to me and says, hey, 
you're going into the Park Service Academy. We found that EMS goes hand in hand with it. They like to see their officers have this. Now, at that point in time, and he's told me they had open availability. At that point in time, I didn't understand if he was just selling me on a class and saying, hey, we need to fill this class. We want to make some more money in the college because the academy is self-sponsored. I had to pay for it. I had to pay for all my equipment, everything. So I didn't know if they were just trying to do that. However, the timing worked out well, what it was. And I, I advised them, hey, currently I am uh, deployed. Uh, I do have internet access kind of consistently. Um, depends if what if I was flying a mission or anything like that. But I had, I had pretty consistent internet connection, but I responded to him and said, hey, I'm, I'm interested. However, I'm currently deployed. I don't know this program starts at this time. I will be deployed for half of it and uh, and I won't be able to attend. And he advised me, no worries. There's a hybrid program where I can do all the academics online, much like an online degree. And then I'd have to come in towards the end of the program, which was right before Christmas, honestly, a little bit before Christmas and a little bit after it was about, it was about 14 to 18 days of in-person classes every day for for a couple of weeks, right? For about two and a half weeks. So I could do all the academics online and then come in for the in-person at the end, at the end of the semester. And that point in time, I would be out of, I would be not out of the military, but I would be on what we would call terminal leave. And because I deployed so much, I had a lot of terminal leave saved up and it worked out really well that I had that terminal leave saved up to cover probably 80% of my academy time. But once again, remember, this was all prepped and planned by me. I looked ahead and set all this up. It wasn't just something just I just threw together, right? This takes preparation, much like I tell you all the time in your application process. Do the prep work first. It makes everything else 10 times easier. So back to the story I agree. Now, here's the thing is I'm, you know, I am, I was not an officer. I was enlisted in the military. Thankfully, I was able to promote really well, but I had financial obligations. I had a home that that was back stateside that I had purchased while in the military as an investment. So I was paying on that. I had a lot to do. I had to move. I had to find new housing. So I had to have a home that I was paying for, find tenants for that home. In addition to finding a place to live out in out in North Carolina, where I was going to attend the academy. I did a lot of research that I could find into being a federal law enforcement park service ranger. And I had a significant, I shouldn't say something, I had a specific job that I wanted to do in law enforcement besides, or in, in the park service, besides just law enforcement centric. So long story short, I winded up going through, I winded up accepting this offer to do EMS, right? It was expensive. It was, I want to say it was, it was roughly $1,500 or somewhere around there um, that I had to come out of pocket for, even though I had all these different expenses coming at the time, you know, I was getting out of the military. I was losing a stable income. I had no guarantee of another stable income afterwards, even less than what I originally had thought to tell you the truth. I had, I had, backup plans though, right? Those backup plans never came to fruition. So I'm not going to waste the time here, but I did have backup plans to make sure that I could meet financial needs. Now, that being said, so I go through, I managed to pass my EMT uh, training and then ultimately my national registry test as a national registered emergency medical technician. 
I bring that up because I cannot tell you how that one small investment, and I've done other videos on this, changed the trajectory of my law enforcement career. And it doesn't have to be EMS. It could be anything that helps build knowledge to get you to where you want to be, right? And that investment in myself changed everything for me. So now I go through, right? And I I finish that and it goes pretty much concurrently, right? It's two days after the the EMT Academy ends, I roll right into my Park Service Academy. And we're introducing ourselves right from day one, right? Everyone comes in and starts introducing themselves and says, hey, this is who I am. This is what I'm looking to do. This is you know where I'm from. And I walk in and say, hey, my name's Frank Magaha. It's a pleasure to meet everyone. I'm recently transitioned out of the military and I'm looking to become the backcountry law enforcement ranger in the Smoky Mountain National Park. Everyone in the class laughed at me, right? A few people in the class have worked in the park service as, as volunteers or as interpretive rangers, which are more the educational, non-law enforcement. Everyone was pretty much laughing. And here's what they told me. They said, good luck getting a job, getting a job right off the bat. And to give you context to that, out of the academy of 24 people, 20 graduated and only six of us received job offers or, or accepted job offers. So we have 24 people, 20 graduate, six accept job offers. All of 24 are laughing at me and they're saying, good luck getting a job you want, getting this job, any job in this line of profession in the park you want for a very rare position, such as the backcountry ranger. And that's what they did. They all laughed and it's just like, okay, we'll see. Now, from experience, I've learned that, you know, you put in the hard work, you do the prep work, things tend to work out for you. So we were going through training. I was, we started our training. I winded up at, in the beginning for, there was some scrambling. So I wound up kind of stepping up front to kind of take a leadership role for a day, which ultimately winded up not backfiring. It worked out well for me, but it ultimately wind up leading me to be the sergeant of the academy for that particular class, right? So I was the, you know, the cadet representative, we'll put it that way, the sergeant for, for that particular academy class, which means I did all the dealing with all the cadre, the instructor cadre, and the public safety director for the class. Now, that being said, right, that took on a whole nother set of responsibilities. So now I was responsible for my own training and making sure everyone else was doing their their own stuff halfway through the academy my my public safety director comes to me and says hey we have the smoky mountain national park they want to come out and talk to you uh, they might talk to a couple other individuals but they want to come out and talk to you i told them about you told them your interest i told them that you you reside here in north carolina now in western north carolina which i winded up getting a, a small cottage just you know 35 minutes from the park and they they said they want to come out here. They want to interview for the backcountry law enforcement ranger in the Smoky Mountain National Park. Now, they interviewed me. There was three other veterans in my academy. They interviewed all three veterans just because we had preference for that specific position, right? And what happened was someone had accepted a position for that and then eventually backed out of it, and they needed to fill that position. So they came out. They interviewed me my corporal and one of my team leaders for the academy, they interviewed the, the three of us, all prior veterans, 
are all prior military current veterans. And, and they were asking us, you know, where we were pretty much a general interview. So they came out and recruited us. Right. But they, we still went through the interview process. We still had to do everything. We still had to pass PT. Um, but they were accepting a lot of our Academy stuff at the time. So that worked out really well for them. Long story short on this Avenue, right. I'm beating this up pretty well was the fact that the difference between me and the other two candidates was the fact that we all had very similar military backgrounds, all honorably discharged, all, all pretty well there. The major difference here was the fact that I took that time, time and money to invest in myself. This offer was made to both my team lead and my corporal prior to me knowing them that they could have went and attended the EMT training. They never did. They didn't accept that, right? They winded up staying back home until the police academy started. That was the deciding factor, which had me selected. In that, in my time there working as a law enforcement ranger, I winded up making some really good arrests. The first arrest of my ever of my career ever was another law enforcement officer for a DUI. Why his uh, sober wife and sober wife and his little girls were in the back seat. He was drunk. Um, and ultimately I had a really good supervising ranger who said, Hey, no special treatment here. If it was anyone else, what would I do? And I said, it would, it would be an arrest. And that's what happened. And thank God for him and other mentors of mine, other good FTOs that have, have steered me in the right direction for this. So ultimately made some some really good arrests, some really good good stops in the park service. And I didn't complain. I, I patrolled the backcountry endlessly. I spent a lot of time out there. I, was in, I thought I was in great shape before. I was in definitely in great shape afterwards. But ultimately, my time with the park service was coming to an end. And I wanted to focus more in the law enforcement aspect. Even though I love nature and I love the outdoors, I wanted to really round out my, my knowledge and my experience. So I lateraled up to an agency in Washington, D.C. The problem here is the seasonal academy does not cover the, even though it's FLETC certified, does not cover FLETC as a whole, which is what 90% of all federal academies do. So I had to go through the academy all over again. This time, I didn't want to focus on, on being a lead. I wanted to focus on my knowledge, my education. So I took that time in Fletzy, and there was a lot going on personally, right? I had to, I moved up to Maryland. Then I had to move down to Georgia for a few months only to come back to Maryland and, and change apartments and, and other things like that. I was getting married. There was a lot going on. So I go down to Glencoe, Georgia, and from there, I, I roll into my class in the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center, and I had a goal. I set another goal there. First of all, I wanted to be in FLETC before I was 30. I wanted up going to FLETC for main training and additional training four times before I winded up turning 30 way back when, and it was, it was just phenomenal. So I, I achieved that goal and more. But in my in Fletzi, in my basic academy, I said, you know what? Fletzi has this honor grad program. And it wasn't just academics. It was everything. It was academics. It was, it was practical skills. It was no remediation. It was shooting. It was a whole bunch. It was fitness. 
and you had to do well in all this. And then on top of fitness, not only did you have to meet a certain fitness criteria there, but then they had another program called the 500 Club, which is if you exceeded fitness levels above that. And what you had to do is you had to be above 95 percentile on everything. As I went in, I was learning Fletzy and I was trying to learn how they do the academy. I went up scoring an 88 on my first test, which almost pretty much put the idea of getting undergrad out of my head because I need a 95 average academically for all my tests, which meant I had to score on a hundred on the next test, which was legal, which was the hardest test in Fletzy. And that's as I, as I explained. I winded up scoring 100 on that test and a few other tests. Anyway, I winded up getting my academic average up. I spent the time. I didn't go out drinking. I didn't go out partying. The only time I even went out was if my fiance at the time had came to, to Georgia to spend time with me. I studied. I, I didn't spend my whole life studying, but I would study 40 minutes a night, Monday through Friday. And then during the weekend, I would make sure I would get at least another hour to two hours of studying. In. And then I worked out. I got in shape all the whole time at the academy. I focused on that. Plus, I focused on family and I tried to assist with planning a wedding. The thing that I'm trying to convey here is with all that, I was able to honor grad Fletzy. And then I was able to also make the 500 club. There's there's. Very few, under a couple hundred that have ever honor-graded Fletzy. And humble brag, but at the same point in time, it was a goal of mine that I achieved because I put my mind to it, much like you getting into law enforcement. If you put your mind to it, you achieve. You're willing to invest in yourself, grow both knowledge and experience-wise. You will achieve it, right? The only reason I say people can't become a law enforcement officer is they have a disqualifying factor where they give up. So if you have that desire, you can get there. Like everyone who laughed at me, maybe people won't be supportive. But it doesn't matter. If that's your if your goal is to get out there to serve and to help people, you can do it. I graduate Fletzy, right? I honor graduate Fletzy. I move up back to DC, right? I get another apartment. I'm getting married, everything like that. I'm at a new agency here. And then from there, I wind up just getting a really solid FTO who who was who made me stay straight here and when I what I mean by this is even if we did something great when everyone was else around shaking each other's hands saying hey good job that was he said hey we still got half of the shift to complete let's get back out there it was fantastic he was knowledgeable he he shared knowledge he trained me if I asked a question, He'd make sure that he used it as a teaching point, not as something where I just don't know. He was a great FTO and the mentors of mine have what guided me to where I am. I took over his roles as he promoted it and I, as I promoted. And as time went on, I was able to become the lead protection officer for two presidential appointees. I was able to do everything from bike patrol to vehicle patrol to undercover work. Like I said, two two presidential appointees, one under President Obama, one under President Trump, where I was the lead protection officer, I was the officer in charge of the special weapons unit, commonly referred to as our SWAT team. It was it was just an explosion of career. And then I got my first instructorship. And my first instructorship was in tactical medicine. And the reason why, because at the time, in order to be that instructor, you had to have an advanced medical certification, which I did as an EMT. That $1,400, $1,500 that I invested in myself now three years ago at this point, four years ago, from, from that point in time, 
was still paying off. So then I got my first instructorship and I developed an entire program, a program that didn't exist. I put in for it. I said, hey, I think this would really benefit the agency, not me, the agency. I think this would really benefit the agency. I feel like we could learn a lot from this. And this is definitely something we deal with all the time. I wrote up a whole proposal, submitted it through the chain of command. They approved it. It upset other officers that were senior to me that didn't have instructorships. But ultimately, the department saw from the past, you know, my my desire to make them look good in, in Fletzy as an undergraduate to represent the agency down there. And then additionally, to continue to work hard here in the agency in my job after I was off FTO, after I was off probation. I got approved for that. Ultimately, I did really well in that. And then I got approved or selected to become another instructor, a firearms instructor, and then an additional certification. And then I became my, and then I was also an FTO at that time where I was training other officers. And it just kept growing and compounding and compounding and compounding because I put in the work to succeed. Ultimately, at the end of this, I had very high ranking officials from very prestigious law enforcement agencies in the Washington, D.C. area complimenting my chief and myself on on our training programs and i was training various other other organizations such as capitol police swat as well as as sec special agents and and a bunch of other departments and as those high-ranking officials saw the training program we winded up getting significant amount of of positive feedback from washington dc police as well as other other federal law enforcement agencies in the area. And it, it just really did well. So to the point to where my agency started leveraging that. Um, ultimately, I was ready to get out of DC and I, I lateral to another federal agency out of state where I was working and I was doing stuff there. But then I was being asked a lot for training and to come back and do other training for, for other departments. And I found that, that I could do that on my own and ultimately is the instructor side, which I took, which has ultimately led me here to you. But I want to, I want to just caveat this, that back in the beginning, everyone laughed at me because I had an idea. I had a dream that I wanted to do. And then I obtained it. I obtained it when everyone said it couldn't happen. And then I had another goal and I obtained that goal because I worked at it because I invested in myself and everything that I needed to do. Then I did more. I invested in myself, but not only in myself, I invested in others, right? I didn't make it about me. I didn't make my instructorships about me. It was how I could benefit the agency. And then it continued to grow and it continued to grow ultimately to where I've had so many instructorships and so much training. It's just my, my career has just been a blessing from, from beginning to end. I'm not saying everything's always perfect, but I'm just saying if you work hard and you keep pushing at it, you can get to where you want to get to as well, your goal, and then surpass me, right? Surpass me and, and go out and make a serious positive impact in your community, in your state, in the country, and then go out and do great things. And that's the goal here of this is to get out there, get good officers on the street, officers that will make that positive impact in their communities. I hope this resonates with you. I hope that understanding my story and, and where I came from is, is something that, that can really speak to you. Those gifts are down in the description. The first one being the Getting Started Workshop. It's going to walk you through each phase of the hiring process. Additionally, from there, you can do the one-on-one -on -one coaching call with myself if you want anything specific to you. I'd be glad to sit down and discuss it. Stay safe. You can do this. I have faith in you. 
I'll see you next time.